I'm not like a type of chef with like egos like oh it's just me it's my food and it's I want to be in Instagram I want to be in the paper yeah. I don't care about this I I just want to be happy and make good food have good time in the kitchen and make the guests happy I don't really care if I'm in my face in a journal or whatever that's not for me this is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Recently on Deep in the Weeds, we explored the great revival of French bistros and restaurants in Sydney. What was once the backbone of the culinary landscape for so long gave way to the exciting wave of different cuisines of Asia. But in recent years, French cuisine has stormed back and setting Sydney alight. Alexis Beso is the head chef of Hubert in Sydney. Alexis, how are you? Very good, and yourself? Good. Uh, you've uh, been part of the French sort of revolution in Sydney, not just at Hubert, but uh, Franca before that as well. What's it been like being part of uh, this uh, renaissance? Oh, for for me, coming to to Australia was a bit of uh, of a surprise. I I've been hearing a lot of. Uh, like Australian, like Australian cuisine, like coming to Australia, like changing a lot of things for for chefs. And uh, I had a discussion while I was in Brazil with another French chef. It told me like Australia is could be like the future for for chefs, knowing like you got a good work balance and you you do some hours where you actually get paid for it compared to. To Europe, when you like, you do a lot of hours and you don't really have a life. So and so that's why I came to Australia and tried to and been here for nine years now and wanted to to do my my life here. But like the French food here is a bit different than what you do in Europe. Like it's you can use like the influence for Asia, as you say, or like. It's kind of I adapt to what Australian palates want, but it's really nice because it gives you this freedom that you can tweak things, you can you can do different uh, way of French cuisine. That's something I will not really be able to do if I will be back in France. Tell us a little bit about Hubert. It, uh, for those that have visited, it's such a special and fascinating venue, but many people still haven't been there. Tell us a little bit about it. For for me, you bet it's like uh, old school Parisian place when you just go and as soon as you pass the door, you just forget about everything else. It's because the you got this way of taking the stairs down and then the the whole decoration, the whole vibe, the, the ambience, it's really unique. So like it's you're arriving to Ubit and then it's super, like for what's four things it uh, gave me when I came for the trial and, and I came before for dinner, I was like, it's really different. It's really unique, the vibe and you just forget about everything. You just enjoy yourself and it's really unique for me. And f so what we tried, we're doing is like to play with old school French dishes and kind of to make them interesting again. 
but like it's, it's kind of um, the this like on the kind of place like in Paris, like a uh, Paul Bear. When you go, you got your classic is classic dishes, and you come back and you know you're coming back for some of the French dishes. You come back for the music. It's a whole whole lot. Like it's not just about the food, it's the vibe, the the jazz music. It's awesome. It's just uh, it's just a unique place for me. It's the first time I walk in a place and. Uh, some people, some I just came to Ubet and it was just the food was good, the service, the vibe was amazing, and I just feel different when I'm in a restaurant. It's not just I'm going out with my friends, and it's just a whole package. It's really different. And it's the first time I do work in a restaurant, and this offered that package. I would say, yeah. Uh, I want to explore uh, your food at Hubert shortly, but take us back to when you were young. What, what sort of role did food play in your family? For me, I've always been really curious when I was young. So, and my parents, we got a little garden at home and we're from the northwest region, so the city called Nantes. So my grandpa, my grandma, they, they had a garden it's not a countryside, but my parents always been like try to give the best for for me and my brother. So we like my mom, she was working, she was staying at home, and my dad was working. But every day we had fresh meals. She was cooking. She was trying to educate us about the good thing of the food, enjoy yourself, and all all that. Meaning, like since I'm very young, I. I was never eating frozen food. Like I was always like going with my dad in the garden and then like take some of the tomatoes and then cook with, with, with my mom. And it's always been like, because I've been just used to having good projects when I was young, for me it was normal. And it just like, my, my mom always tried to get us to try new things and then cooking and teach us about like the respect of the produce and my grandma had a cafe as well for like workers where it was like just like uh, builders uh, or like uh, the people who who travel we uh, walk in the big trucks and stuff and i was i was like going there and see in the kitchen the chaos and then the interesting place of the rush and all that and I know I was just there around and then taking some things from the from the pants and I I liked it. Is it just came naturally? That's the the thing. Sometimes people ask like why you become a chef and I don't know. I had this old thing like I was saying like I wanted to be a chef when I was like really early age, like seven years old, eight years old. It's just uh, I don't know. Just the food always interests me and. I had these strange things. I always wanted to eat the adult food. I didn't. I didn't want to be a, to have a kids and then and just to be a kids and just like eat something like just uh, fries and stuff. I just like when we were going to a restaurant, I was wanted to try the foie gras, try the sweet bread, the things, the oldest things, for like the strongest things on the menu. I wanted to eat that because I wanted to try and. 
and my dad, uh, I just found it funny at the beginning. So I, it was just getting me to, to try things who are on the menu, but like just for adults or like a very strong palate. And the, at the restaurant, the, the waiter was like, it's, like, it's weird that like, this kid is eating sweetbreads or is eating like beef tongs and stuff like that. And I think it's just, I was very curious about, about that. And then the, my parents saw it really young that I would be interested to do that. So I was doing, playing soccer, going to school and like watching TV shows with food and like reading books and stuff since very, very young. So it came pretty naturally for me. Do you have any um, stories of the sort of feasts or dishes that you remember from when you were young that you can tell us about? The, for me, the we, seafood was, my grandpa was fishing a lot. And we were like to go to go fishing with him and just listen to stories and go fishing, teach me how to to like uh, clean the fish and then stay at home like with him and cook the fish. And that was something really interesting. And also the long family dinners, like you know, when you got all the kids. Uh, just playing around. I was always staying at the table with the adults and then trying the, the food, like trying to uh, have a trou normand when I was like eight to 10 or sneaky pieces of foie gras or stuff like that when all the, <laughs> all the kids were playing around. Then I don't have like one dish like remind me to, to my childhood. It's just a lot of different things. It's not, I don't have like one dish, just I remind me to, to when I was young. Just a lot of different stories and ideas, but always been like interested for, for food and very curious. Where did you start your career as a chef? So I did the school when I, the youngest possible in France is 13 years old. So, but before that, because I wanted to, to be in a kitchen, I was helping out my dad's friend's restaurant. He, was a, he had a, a Greek, traditional Greek restaurant. And I went to told him, and my dad was talking to him, say, I want to come and work in a restaurant. I don't care if you pay me or not. So I was doing the, the cold entrees and uh, KP. On, a, on, my, on my weekend after my soccer game, I was going Saturday, doing on Saturday and Sunday when I was 12 or 13. And then I had to, to, do, to do that. I was super happy, like the old chaos in the, like in the kitchen, the old vibe, the food. And I was doing the, the cold entrees and this, the chefs were like, who is this kid? He just, he's, he's like, he's wanted to learn everything. And, asking super, like a lot of questions or uh, being like a, because it was my patience from young age, always been a, for me it was like, you, you see everything in the books, but you are inside and you, you are curious about everything. Curious about the, the fire, the way the service work, the, the tension between the, the kitchen, the floor staff, everything was, I seen like a big open eyes for me when I was young. And that's why I wanted to be in the kitchen that, early and then after I start to do the four years of cooking school and during the during this time you can do some stage 
and different restaurants so i wanted to see if my like which part of the food i wanted to do see if it was like more like brasserie more like a super fine dining to see what would be the good fit for me so i divide the stage in like a brasserie a super busy restaurant like a cafe kind of style and after i went to do the super fine dining so i did one michelin star in not and i finished at l'arpege in paris wow and my my dad knew, knew the the brother of uh, chef passa because he uh, my brother used to sell candle for church and alain passa uh, uh brother is a priest so he had this uh connection and he told me say i can get you a stage at la Peche. and i remember i was like are you serious i was like I gotta go and work for Chef Pasta and Lapage. So this is what you're just saying to me? <laughs> and this experience was amazing. Was just uh, super, he's amazingly passionate and he can talk about food for hours. He's just, uh, he can look at the veg some vegetables and then talk to, talk about the, everything and then you can see the passion in his eyes it was just fascinating it was crazy hard because the hours and then the excellence and the like arriving to a kitchen like this this that's small and then the quality they're doing it's crazy after your time with uh, alain passade um what were the really sort of important venues and people that you worked with as you started to build your career um but the when i after my stage at Passa, I did a Freeman stage there and they offered me the the job as a commie. But since really since very young my brother and my parents just pushed us to travel quite a bit to open our eyes and when I did that page is when I realized like I don't want to work in France. I want to see other cuisine, I wanted to see other things but still in like a French background but I just I didn't want to live in in Paris. I just want to not be the French chef who stay in France all his career and just like there is France and that's it. You know, it's uh, I wanted to open my mind and like see other cuisine. But there is I always gonna be French and I love doing French cuisine. But there's so much to offer in the world. So I I turned down the offer at uh, Alain Passa restaurant à La Page. And uh, one of the sous chef, his best friend was um, a chef in London. So at 17 years old, after the stage, he, uh, he gave me a job in the Clos Majore in London. And it's known that but been the most romantic venue in uh, London. It's this place in Covent Garden is amazing. And uh, this chef changed my whole life. Chef Marcelin is, he was just my mentor and he was the HF of Pierre Gagnier when he was in the, in the south of France at X. And he opened the sketch with him in London. And then uh, someone, uh, an American, uh, offered him to take the HF position in uh, 
Club Major so he he started there and it was amazing. He was very, very passionate and he he like he, he saw I was really really into interest interested with the whole aspect of uh, being in the kitchen and I, just, I was just a sponge. I everything he was saying and everything I was he had shown me the I just wanted to learn everything I could. And he gave me some advice like how I try to give to the staff now, like just learn as much as possible. Say I don't know how long you're gonna stay in in my restaurant, but when you're here you need to take hundred twenty percent of what you can hear. It's like every aspect of the business, the building, the kitchen, the suppliers, the way you treat the staff and all that. He told me, say, as early as you can learn that, it's gonna help you forever. So he had some advice and it was like a second dad for me. Like in the, I was coming to London by myself, discovering all the London life and all the working hours and going out, drinking and going to work on the next day. I yeah, discovered this on the when I was eighteen by myself. It was pretty pretty intense, but it was awesome. You spent a bit of time in uh, Switzerland as well. How different was that compared to what you were used to? It was really different. I so one of the so I finished at Clos uh, I was junior sous chef. I was nineteen, and I told him, "Said need I can't get a position like this when I was that young." I was like, uh, for me, it was like, I know Club Majore, I know the restaurant, but I don't want to stay here. I need to learn something else. So this, this uh, senior sous chef was Swiss, and he told me, he said, you should go in this restaurant. It's where I did my apprenticeship. Uh, it's awesome, you should go. And I was like, okay, let's try. And so I went to Switzerland, and the first restaurant I went, it was a one Michelin star restaurant, and it was terrible for me <laughs> because the chef was everything I will never want to become. I, it was no trust for staff, like hiding recipes in the, like having like his own recipe book underneath, like a little book hiding. He didn't want to share with his staff. It was very strange. I came from a chef who give you everything to a chef who doesn't give you, and he was just saying things like, oh, you, you are here because I can't do it by myself. You are like my, my other arms I don't have. I was like, wow, okay. I was like, that's not gonna work for me. I was like, I just, I want to learn and I'm like, as I said, I'm a sponge. I want to learn as much as possible, but I need chefs who like, willing to teach me. So if I'm here and they just like, the harm you don't have, like, what the fuck I'm here for? And like, okay, you can get all the people, but I I went to him and said, chef, I'm sorry, like, I like you, I love your food, it's beautiful, but, and it's like, great, the living in Switzerland is weird because you get so much money for, like, not doing crazy hours, and it's just super different, but I was like, I don't care about money, I want to learn, and progress in my life I was like and so I decided to change and to go to one of the big things in Switzerland is the all the hunting all like uh, the wild animals and I was like I'm in Switzerland I better learn something it's one of the best country to offer like 
wild venison like going on like hunting and then like get the produce as fresh as possible so i wanted to learn that and i went to the other restaurant was was a bit more traditional but it was make everything from scratch and the chef was crazy it was awesome it was like stitches you up like oh do you got 10 uh, wild venison i just get from this guy to clean at like six o'clock in the morning i was like yeah cool whatever i just want to learn <laughs> so that was that was i made a good experience out of uh, issue when i arrived and i was like thinking oh i'm gonna be like chef the party in the, this awesome mission star restaurant but in, in the book it looks awesome but the chef was terrible for me i just didn't enjoy it at all you mentioned while you were in brazil that um you got word of australia um tell us about what you thought of australia and the dining landscape when you arrived so when i arrived in here i so i started working at uh, basis pavilion in Balmore beach for serge danzro and i was in brazil and i was trying to get a sponsor because my brother was working there as a soccer agent and then i wanted to to like live with him and see him a bit more and all that but it didn't really work out for the get a sponsor and the restaurant it's pretty hard there but i learned a lot there and then i was like i miss speaking english and i spoke with this french guy he told me like australia is the the future for chefs so i just took a flight and i arrived in sydney by myself and i got this job at business serge told me like everything i wanted to hear i was like you're gonna work here we do use all this amazing produce and like he was super nice for like he wanted to give me opportunity to discover australia all this produce and stuff i was shocked when i arrived here first i was walking and in front of the beach and and it was like going on breaks with the guys playing soccer on the beach and i was walking hard in the team and i arrived in the middle of november in uh, in business when is the crazy season when you get like super busy and then it was awesome but i missed it missed it to be in the kitchen and to to like do heaps of uh, it's a work so for me it was just awesome like the product i was super surprised about the quality of the produce because i didn't have much knowledge of the australian produce before that but Serge and uh, Cameron was the my HF with Bacchanal Bezos and he was very proud of that. So because I'm oh I always keep this curiosity and wanted to learn as much as possible. So I started studying a bit of Australian produce and wanted to to learn more because like when not but when I arrived like the Australian outside when the people don't know they can think it's not good or say like oh it's just like english food kind of thing but that is the stupidest thing ever like it's, it's, there's so much so much things to offer here and then from learning from other cultures as well like the modern australian food knowing like it's just the variety and then i learn techniques from from japan korea for like it's from everywhere and i was at the beginning i was lost because i knew french cuisine uh, and i've been trained at that but i was like what's modern australian and, he, and then i was like you can do whatever you want as long as you like 
use the beauty of a product to respect them and then you can bring like different influence. And I was like, fuck, that's good. And I was like, I can just do what I want, but, and then respect and learn and then always like keep it interesting. And then I was like, I kind of like this place. So I just push as much as possible and learn and start to like going out on all the best restaurants in Sydney just to to keep like the curiosity and to to learn and to to try to understand why not many person like knew about like oh some of the produce are here. A few years later, you became the head chef at the Bathers Pavilion. What was that experience like? It was uh, amazing. So I, I left Bezos to go to work for Peter Doyle at Est because for what I've been hearing and studying, it was the one of the best in the business to for produce and for like his food was just crazy, crazy good in the little kitchen at Est with all these talented chefs and then the, the quality and everything. So I went at Est to to learn from Peter Doyle. But uh, after a year, Serge called me and he told me, say, my HF is living and I want you to take the lead of the kitchen. I was like, Serge, I'm 23, turning 24. And I was like, I don't care how old you are. I said, no, you can do it. I said, you were running the kitchen as a sous chef before. You you love the produce. I know you can do exactly what I want. And they say I don't care about your age. I say I it just I know you can do it, and I will help you for it. And I say, oh okay, trust you. If you just tell me what you need, and then I get ready. And I always when I my first chef uh, chef Marcel always told me say when you are on the section, look on the next one. And then think of the the one after. So when I was a junior sous, I was always looking at the sous and looking at the HF job. So I always kind of getting ready without being knowing it. So like I always uh, try to look what the HF job is, and then the creation, and always like writing recipes, ideas, or things like that since really early on. So I like. When I arrived at uh, HF, I was ready without knowing it of creating the menu and the, that's the best part for, for a chef anyway, it's just creating the dishes and, but there, uh, it helped me a lot on the day by day operation in the kitchen or to like be a, a leader for the team. And it was, it was very intense when I stopped because I was very young and uh, the chef, I had to, when I arrived and I start changing things and then uh, like half of the kitchen left because they were not really, they were used to the whole HF and so I had to get more, more staff, people who care about, a bit more about the produce and try to do the, the things the way I wanted. So I learned with the team and with Serge, like the whole, they were like working together kind of thing and then all learning together and as a team and just like everybody lived in the same direction and that was uh, that was really what's helped me with that is the we just work together like I'm the HF but <clears throat> we are all there together it's like I need to make the final decision but I need to base on base the 
their job on my on my stuff. They are here for here for me. And Serge was really good on giving advice and let me do the food I wanted. And it was a very big mentor for me. It was really good. A couple of years later, you uh, were involved in Franco Brasserie. Um, tell us a bit about that project and what you were doing there. So um, I, I um, they called me to. Um, Open Franca Brasserie, and then they uh, they gave me the the brief of what they wanted. And for every chef to open his restaurant, to open a restaurant, to be like partner in the in the opening, and that's the like a dream. And uh, it was pretty pretty good. The all the creation, like taking everything from from scratch, and it was really intense, the like the whole opening and all that. That was uh, interesting, but unfortunately, it didn't really for what we plan and what was my expectation and the f- type of food we were doing and stuff. I, yeah, we. It was a hard um, moment. Like, it, it, I was expecting something. They were expecting something. And after a few months, we realized like not it was not really the the place for me. The the say the relation between me and the GM was not very really good, and I was doing crazy hours and just uh, it was I was it was a dream and to open a restaurant or something and then it turned out like not the way I was thinking it would be, but I was no hard feelings. We I'm really happy for what they, they became and it just was not the right fit for me, that's it. I just like, you know, and then when I see it's not the right fit for me, I don't want to keep it like pushing more than this. It's just like, need to be honest and it's what we did. Like I just, like, I don't think it's gonna work for me. I need more uh, life balance. Like I've been spending more time for with my wife and just like, I need this balance like of I mean, the walking, but also spending some time with my my wife, and then it's the the, the whole thing. That's why I couldn't have at Franca, so that's why I decided to leave and join you. But tell us a bit about the food that you're cooking there. Is there a dish or two that you can tell us about that sort of exemplifies your cooking at the moment? Um, I think the one of the most iconic dish I put on the there's two. I would say like. Um, I think the, sh- the shoe farsi I decided to put on the menu a few a few months back. It's really what I love about French cuisine. It's like, like something like a whole school dish, and a lot of people think it's gonna be super heavy, but you can kind of make it lighter, and then you got all the earthiness of the pork and the duck fast with some, some spices some fragani uh, stuff in the cabbage and just like all the all the juice all the f- everything like goes together like a little cabbage it looks really tight it looks like tight it's like a little bomb like it's full of flavor and some old school dishes like this like it's not really on the on menus anymore because people just think it's super heavy and it's uh is not like try. I'm trying to show that French food is not like something too heavy, but a lot of things that are 
is I try to like sh change the mind a little bit on that. It's like French food can be light as well. Some people just still think it's super heavy. Uh, also, I really love to work with vegetables. So like we got a pumpkin tartata we we're doing at the at the moment, and it's a dish I wanted to I, I wanted to put because tartata as a as a sweet is my favorite dessert, and to turn it to a vegetarian with like a caramelized onion, some coffee, pumpkin, and uh, vegetable gravy. When you look at the dish, it looks super like, says super tasty and looks like with the sauce and stuff. And you think like it could be like a, a jus gras or a veal jus or something, but it's just a gravy made of vegetable. And you, we treat the vegetable the same way as training like a beautiful piece of meat. And that's one of the dish I put on the, on menu at Ubit and people at the beginning like from France stuff they were they was like oh that sounds interesting and then we were not setting too much at the beginning and then after I tried to like when they were coming from France or like other people's like and I put on the banquet menu as well so the at the beginning some people can like test it and then, then like uh, getting into it as well and as one of the dish I really lo love because it's vegetarian but it's as good as a piece of meat or a piece of fish and then like I'll from face from back of my time at the Lapesh like the the value of the vegetable as well and treat them the same way not just a garnish but treat them as the same way as the you will treat a beautiful piece of ribeye or like a nice piece of maricot or something so that's uh it's one of the dishes I really like at the I do better the moment. And also the desserts I I did a bit I did a chocolate bar which is the one of the dish I made for my mom when I was starting to be a chef. I I put on the menu because uh during COVID we I couldn't go back to France. And then I haven't seen my parents for three years and we were looking at the pastry chef for putting a chocolate dessert on. And I told her, I said, oh, that, and I was just thinking, and my wife helped me with all the, the creation. We discussed about everything about food, because she used to be a chef as well, and she understand the hours, she understand the, the whole, like, craziness of my passion for food, that I, I can just read cookbooks all day and talk about food all day. And she understand, and she just doesn't give me shit because I, you know, uh, we don't go all the places. I was just like, you know, when you're very passionate about something, you can just, you don't realize sometimes, but you just talk about it all day. And then she understand it and she supports me a lot with that. And I told her, I said, I should put the dessert, the chocolate bar made for my mom when I was young. And I did it for her when we start dating as well, try to convince her to stay with me. So it was a double, Aubage on this one to to put it on the chocolate. So when I when I, I see it going after the going out of the of the pastry kitchen, it's like make me feel of uh, think of my mom and and all that. That was a that was a bit of a sentimental one on this one. You mentioned you left France to sort of explore the world and and open your eyes to different cuisines. And, and in Australia, you um, have the advantage of kind of doing what you want to do. What, what's 
What sort of impact has this role at Hubert had on you and your cooking and life work balance? The one of the reason I joined Hubert, it was because they offer us to have three days off. So even me as a chef, I got three days off and I worked four days. And that was, uh, I was super surprised at the beginning. And then when I realized the, the system, the, the out in place, the benefits you got for the staff of having a life in the, on the side. And then, but when you, you're here on the four days, you, you give your best because you got like a win-win situation kind of thing. So even as a HF, I'm, of course I'm doing the hours and then it's stressful and stuff, but I still know I can have three days off with my partner. And then I can have, I can do things on the weekend. I'm not just walking in the kitchen and then I, I got two days to sleep. You know, that's why the, the sweet house is really good for, for us. And that's why we try to, we, we achieve to like keep the stuff pretty well as well, because we, first we respect the, the rules of the government as well, like getting the stuff to do it in eight hours and then the, like having a life balance. And that's one of the first words I, when I came to the interview, the Antonio was saying to me, it was like, this is what we try to achieve here. We try to change things. Like you got to work life balance. I was like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, no, you're going to give us the four shift you're doing, but you're going to have three days off. And it was a bit of a shock for me at the beginning, but it's just uh, very important now. And because having left Franca because of that, I couldn't really see my partner much and I always needed to go on meetings and stuff like that. And then going to jump in in a job when I'm gonna do have three days off, that was a big uh, big change for me. And it's, uh, that's why it make me stay at Ubit and be happy at Ubit as well is because of this life balance things. And it changed the whole thing for, for me and also for my staff. Well, you're doing incredible things there at Restaurant Hubert. What do you love about what you do? For, I think the thing I'm most proud of is the team we have. It's the people coming from everywhere. The, the vibe we have in the kitchen is really respectful and really supportive. Like it's all one team together and walking and pushing all in the same direction. The same thing as I told you about Bezos is like, I'm not like a type of chef with like egos, like, oh, it's just me, it's my food. And it's, I want to be in Instagram, I want to be in the paper, I want to be all like other reviews and stuff like that. But me, I don't care about this. I, I just want to be happy and make good food, have good time in the kitchen and make the guests happy. I don't really care if I'm in my face, in the journals or whatever, that's not for me. But that's the team we have in the moment and we have a really amazing base of chefs and I, I really like to make them progress in the team. Like the people who are working out, they will be even next to a chef. They're gonna be the, give them and tell them they got a future here. That's why I think the most proud of the training and then seeing the staff staying and get the, uh, seeing like they, they, they got friends coming, for example, from, from Korea, and they say, oh, I got this friend coming from Korea. He want to come in to work with us at Ubit. And all people are like referring staff to join us. And then 
to join the the big family we got is really really nice it's big made me proud and to see the the progress of the stuff i think it's what make me the products to to see the guy was on the cold entree nice cooking steak on the grill and he's been here for a year a bit and then he, you see the progress and the evolution of the chef that's what made me the products and i think it's what make us doing good quality as well is the respect between each other and the in the team and just learning together and pushing together but not without all the ego bullshit and just the all the like yelling bullying and stuff like that this is very good why australia as well make me stay here it's like you guys try to and do like avoid all this shit quite well like saying it was not okay and like compared to all the kitchens in europe and stuff i can still speak with some friends in in europe and then it start changing a little bit but not as much as it is in australia well, Alexis, uh, I know you don't seek the limelight, so it's an honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear part of your story. Congratulations on what you're doing there at uh, Restaurant Hubert, and please keep in touch, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me today, and it's uh, an honour to be part of such an interesting podcast. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.